Hey guys, it's James Chester here. You're listening to the Gather Round the Lamp podcast by underagaslitlamp.com. Gather Round the Lamp, an Aston Villa podcast. Ollie Watkins just gets away from him, but El Ghazi's behind him. And more El Ghazi! 3 0! Emphatic! Triore with Watkins available. Triore just passes it into the corner. Big moment for him. Here's Douglas the Wee, strong on the ball, opens up for John McGinn, plays the pass towards Watkins! 1-0 Villa! Villa's a big club, mate. Gather round Villa fans and welcome to Gather Round the Lamp, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by underagaslitlamp.com. In this episode, we shall be reflecting on our comfortable afternoon at Villa Park as Southampton were put to the sword highlighting some of the top performers and looking ahead to a busy few days on the road as Villa travel to Leeds United and West Ham. I'm Andy and today I'm delighted once again, second week running, to be joined by Craig and Dan. Yes, here we are, back again, back once again with the Renegade Masters. Uh, We're just doing some random 90s music stuff here uh, before we recorded. Two wins on the spin. Absolutely fantastic. Delighted to be able to talk about it. It's been a long time coming. Yeah. Hi, gents. Hi, listener. Uh, it's good. We won. We won a game. We won a game comfortably. And, and pretty much everything I said in the pod last week was wrong. So I'm hoping to get a slightly better hit rate this week. It can work like that, can't it? But um, the afternoon uh, started with a couple of bits of, of negative news, really, as Esri Konza and, and Luca Dean were both um, ruled out of the lineup and replaced by Callum Chambers and Ashley Young, respectively. Danny Ings and Ollie Watkins continued their as-yet-ill-fated partnership up top and Bertrand Troyore returned to the bench. What did you make of the team and, and is it encouraging to be able to, to bring in a couple of England internationals to fill in in these circumstances? Well, I think that that might be a generous categorisation of England internationals. Uh, two, <laughs> two former England internationals probably would be, uh, would be, would be, would be uh, more accurate. But yeah, this is why Chambers was signed. This was why Ashley Young was signed. I was um, metaphorically wagging my finger at you, Andy, when Dinia went down uh, about Matt Target being <laughs> off at Newcastle, where he is absolutely smashing it up by all accounts. Uh, obviously, Newcastle have been on a wonderful run, uh, but Ashley Young came in and did and did really, really well. Um, likewise, Callum Chambers. I've really always associated Callum Chambers as being a little bit of a meat and potatoes. Uh, kind of defender from what I've seen of him, but he he added a little bit of uh, a quinoa to his uh, to to the meat and potatoes <laughs> with some sophisticated work, which I know we're going to talk about later on. And this is why you have a squad. I think that the most encouraging thing for me was the depth that we had in in attack. Um, we are long, long past the days of having Davis, El Ghazi and Trezeguet as much as we love them all as our three options to come off the bench and with the likes of Traore, Leon Bailey and Emi Buendia on the substitutes bench. I mean, that, you know, that is really, really a, a sign of a changing tide at Aston Villa. Yeah, I mean, in times gone by, if you'd have seen two of our back four go down pre, pre-match, pre you'd have been terrified of what would happen. But it speaks volumes to the depth we've got, that you've got Callum Chambers, who's been superb since he's arrived, and, and Ashley Young, who's a seasoned pro there. And in theory, you could have Matty Target, as Craig said, come in. So, yeah, it speaks volumes to our depth. And 
lineup wise probably I, I imagine would have been unchanged had it not been for those two what suspected COVID cases I don't know if they've been confirmed and and that makes a lot of sense given the perform against Brighton and and I wouldn't be surprised to see us go unchanged again coming up against Leeds too Gerard seems to have found his if not his 11 then his balance in the starting lineup. I think it's important an important point isn't it because I know certainly um you know earlier this season when we've had to sort of pick in particular Axel Twanzebe it's not necessarily filled us with with confidence has it Craig um and also I see Axel's flying in Italy doing really well <laughs> <laughs> and um but talking about Italy you know and okay we you know I mentioned there Ashley Young about about being an England international he has played at a World Cup he has got to a semi-final of a World Cup and he all right, he's he's not of um, he's not in that that category anymore. But he's he's very definitely a, an England quality, um, or has been an England quality player, and and he's 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 pretty fresh off winning uh, Serie A as well, you know. So um, I I I really enjoyed watching Ashley, and I have done all season really. I think he's been. It's just been excellent seeing him back in a Villa shirt. I just I, I intend to. Um, enjoy every game that he has with us until the end of the season, Hope, and hopefully, maybe he'll, he'll stay for another year. But I thought he was, he's, and I think he's generally been excellent um, this season. Incredibly reliable, and um, I had no no issue at all about uh, Matt Target not being there. I, I was very happy um, to see Ashley Young slot in, and I thought he did he did really well. So. Well, Ashley Priest is reporting, much to your pleasure, maybe you'll pop the cork on a bottle of champagne over there, Andy, that uh, apparently Target and his team, as well as Newcastle United, are eager to make this Mac Target transfer permanent in the summer. And also that we, Aston Villa, that is, stand to make a profit on our 14 million outlay to Southampton. Well, that would be decent. Although apparently there's a sell-on clause in there, so we'd have to make a decent profit, but... Going back to Ashley Young, Andy, just quickly, I was suspect over the summer when we were bringing him in. I thought he was maybe past it. But the thing that's really struck me this season is just how tactically aware he is. You put him in at left back in one of those attacking positions. I think he's played central midfield for us. He just does the job asked to him so intelligently. And I think on the weekend, he was superb in that left back role. Not not necessarily as a standard left back either. He was jumping into midfield quite a lot and, and playing a slightly different role to Luca Dean does down there. So he's been, he's such an intelligent player, which is not necessarily what I associated him with in his first stint at Villa. He was all pace and trickery. And, and he, he's a, one of those footballers who's aging like a fine wine, just kind of getting a little bit more sophisticated as he gets older. And yeah, I've gone from thinking, being a bit suspect about it to wanting him to stick around for another year. Well, after uh, speaking of, uh, of of Ashley Young and his 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 ever youngness, if you will, I think that he, it is fair to say that he was England's left back in the semi final of the last World Cup, as you mentioned, Andy, and he is in rarefied air with semi final appearances uh, for Aston Villa players. Although Ashley Young was not an Aston Villa player at the time, uh, David Platt uh, made it to the semi finals in, in Italia '90, but. I think that the, the prize goes to Alpai Ozolan, 
uh, for Turkey uh, at Japan and South Korea in mm. 2002, when he not only made the team of the tournament, but he also took Turkey to the semi-finals, which was, you know, quite an incredible feat, Andy. So Ashley Young really adding to the rich tapestry of uh, Aston Villa uh, World Cup finalists. Yeah, and that, I mean, that, that Alpine, I mean, that, that just reminds me of... Uh, him being the only the only Villa player I've ever seen score and get booed, incredible. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we, we, on to the game and 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 following this, it was it was the um, uh, it, Villa made a fast a really fast start to the match um, with the front three looking lively from minute one, um, and it was only in minute nine that the three combined to put Villa ahead um, as Coutinho's deflected pass found Ings who played in Watkins, just played it around the corner beautifully to Watkins, who turned turned sharply to, to finish really clinically. Um, a great moment for Watkins, who who went on to two in two and looked back to his best after a difficult season so far, it has to be said. Um, it's certainly encouraging to see the forward line flourishing like this. But what, what made the difference um, on Saturday particularly for the, the, the much maligned Ings-Watkins partnership, do you think? I think structure's the big word. I mean, we'll talk about it in the midfield a bit later on, but the the front three now seem to have very clearly defined roles. And, and in this game, Ings' role seemed to be to drop a little bit deeper. He wasn't playing as a 10, as we've seen when Villa start with two 10s. He was starting up front but dropping off a little bit, and it caused Southampton all manner of problems. He was drifting into the channels, dropping off deep. Centre-backs didn't know whether to follow him or whether to stay put, and it it just stretches defences so much more. And then when you've got someone of Coutinho's quality in behind, pinging the kind of balls he was playing in, it, it turns that front three from something that was kind of static when we were playing with two tens to a really fluid kind of cartwheel of doom for defences out there. It was it was great to watch. And, you know, we we kind of talked when, when Ings first signed about if him and Watkins was going to work together, Ings would have to be kind of a, a second striker or a link man. And I think we finally saw that in this game. He, he wasn't pressing. He wasn't trying to finish off chances. He was trying to drop off and play his strike partner in. And it's a little bit of a throwback role. It's it's almost that Sheringham-Shearer kind of combination where we haven't seen for a while a striker who drops off like that and plays someone else in. So it's good to see. And I think it's, it might be the way that we unlock kind of what Ings Watkins partnership potential. Yeah, I think that that uh, there may be some there may be some some humble pie to be served here um <laughs> for me my, for myself not for the first time. Um I will say that I I said I listened back to the podcast last week and at one point I labeled Danny Ings as a disgrace. I will withdraw that criticism that that uh, I, I I will withdraw that word because that was actually unfortunate and I, I shouldn't have said that because that's not accurate. We've had disgraceful footballers. We've had Gabby Agbon Lahore showing up to play for Aston Villa three stone overweight. We've had Ross McCormick refusing to show up at all. We've had our captain Jack Grealish, Jack Grealish smashing his parked car into, uh, sorry, smashing his uh, Range Rover into parked cars after a night, ironically, at Ross McCormick's flat. So um, we've had disgraceful players and, and Danny Ings isn't one of them, but what he was, his his poor performances were galling and I'm really pleased that he is able, he's, he's now had a good performance and we are in March. 
So it's taken a minute or two for him to have a, a, a good performance. And again, this isn't a player that's going to be with us for five years. We kind of needed Ings to be this player the whole season. So I'm glad he's done it now, but that I'm not necessarily ready to jump on the bandwagon with everyone else that one game is means that this is going to be just wonderful moving forward. Let me just say clearly, Ings was brilliant on um, on, on, on Saturday against Southampton. Far and away his best performance, wonderful assists, wonderful finish. The Ings-Watkins partnership finally did look really good. Coutinho's flying. So I, it's not like bad news. It is. It, it was excellent, but I would proceed with 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 some caution just because, you know, one, one game out of, what are we now, 20, 23, 24 games into the season does not make me a believer just yet. Yeah, I think that's wise as well, isn't it? I mean, it is one game. It's lovely to see um, Ings, Ings producing that that kind of quality and Watkins, of course. And um, but yeah, like you say, it's it's it, it's kind of still the jury's out, isn't it? And and um, there was one moment in the in the first half, I think, when um, I think Coutinho had put a put a ball through, um, and someone with a bit of pace might have got onto that and sort of gone towards goal but Ings actually slipped on the turf and looked like he'd looked like he'd hurt himself he was hobbling around for a good good few minutes after that um and I thought oh god here we go you know he's 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 done himself here he's he's um he'll be off and out for another few games and I just thought that's that's so unlucky but but to kind of go from there and then and then continue to produce um you know the, the performance he did and you know he got his he got his goal but you know, he also, um, you know, made a couple of goals, and we'll, you know, we'll come on to that a bit later. But I have to say, I just thought the going back to Ollie Watkins, what a finish! You know, what a turn and finish from from Watkins. And last week he took his goal incredibly well. You know, really clinical. Um, and this is what I've 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 been wanting to see from Watkins. You know he has to be be able to take these chances, these and these half chances really, because you know it was it was a nice move and everything, but he made the chance himself. He made it into what into the the, the big chance it, it became with a just a brilliant turn, really sharp and 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 the finish was was clinical, and that's what he needs to be doing. A couple of minutes later, he had another chance where he just couldn't quite get his shot away, and I felt like you know. That's that's the Watkins we don't want to see. We want to see him being able to take those chances early and a bit like Cameron Archer does, you know, gets the ball out and 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 uh, you know and drills it and that's what I want to see. And but it's it's a great it's a great sign because Watkins definitely has this. He he definitely has the ability um, to lead the Villa attack in the Premier League um, if he believes in himself and 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 hopefully now two in two. That's that's the start of things to come. We said last week how streaky he was, and should have put a bet on it. I kind of you could have predicted his score in this one. And going back to Danny Ings for a moment, I wonder how much of this was. Well, we came up against the Southampton team that I think it was a good time to play him. I don't think they've looked that defensively bad all season. But how much of it is him coming up against his his former employers? I mean, I know he didn't celebrate his goal, but it, it always gives players that extra few percent. So I wonder if that's what was maybe at play here. But the, the good news is if we've got Watkins firing, Ings firing and Coutinho looking like he did at the weekend, then 
we finally got the front three we thought that we we had on paper and it, it's finally coming into practice and it's you know it's up there with if they're all firing and on top form it's up there with the best front threes in the league I mean obviously in our echelon it's not top four but it's, it's a decent front three that yeah it really is and uh, you know we'll get on to uh, continue I'm sure um, very soon um, but the key is now for for Danny Ings I think he's fighting for his future I mean I knew that it was a different Danny Ings to your point Daniel in the first kind of 10-15 seconds a, a long ball's gone up and he's, he's won the first header I've ever seen him win <laughs> I nearly fell off my chair I nearly spilt my tea scolding myself <laughs> and he not only won the flick on he then chased the flick on I was like oh well this is someone different here today and then so it proved he was bang up for it. It is that former club uh, thing. And there was a announcement or a, a comment by one of the uh, commentators, <laughs> of course, a comment by a commentator. That's it. That's a, anyway, uh, saying that Danny Ings had some incredible record against all of his uh, former clubs. So we'll have to get him, we'll have to get him in the team for the Liverpool and Burnley games as well, coming up and make sure that we can really enjoy him for the for the end of the season. Because I really thought last week, and I'm still not prepared to to really say that this isn't going to happen, that we might need to move him on in the summer and, and upgrade because he just really hasn't done it. But enough with the the the, the, the negative uh, truth. Let's just look at the optimistic joy. <laughs> he played really well. He's going to carry on doing this for the next three years and be a wonderful signing. <laughs> yeah, excellent. So, uh, I mean... You know, let's hope so. But I mean, follow, following this, um, really, it was the it was the Philip Coutinho show, wasn't it? Um, having laid on Watkins um, for a guilt edge chance that I previously mentioned, which Forster saved, the Brazilian could have had a hat trick um, before half time um, as one pile driver, which probably would have taken a net off, just whistled wide um, before Forster saved saved a shot from six yards, which had been. Um, Created by Ollie Watkins, um, and then another another flick on from Watkins um, sent Coutinho through one on one, and he just he just put it he just put it wide of the post. Um, but then just just before half time, it was it was Callum Chambers really channeling uh, his inner Perlo, um, who found Coutinho with a sumptuous pass. I think it was actually a, a one two um, with the outside of his boot. Uh, and then Coutinho laid it perfectly back across for, for Douglas Louise to score. Three things. Firstly, Coutinho. Are there any more superlatives for this man? Second, an important moment for Dougie, of course. And finally, that ball from Chambers. Yeah. Wow. Um, let's... Well, let's start with Dan, because it's, it's your turn, Dan. <laughs> I know, I was just hoping someone else would jump in. I mean, how do how do you sum up a performance like that? Words don't seem to do it good. I'd, I'd kind of grown down the microphone appreciatively, but I'm not sure the listener would appreciate that. Oh, I, I mean, bet some will. It was such a, such a good performance. I mean, it's it was unreal. I mean, everything he touched seemed absolutely perfect. He seemed dangerous going in on goal. And, and Andy, you were right. He could have had a hat-trick by half-time. And, and you can almost be critical of him that he didn't have a hat-trick at half-time, which feels utterly bizarre in a performance like that. I mean, it, it was like a cheat code. It was like we'd, we'd kind of funded in the old Konami code and, and we were cheating and we were going to win everything. And, I, I mean... 
even if he doesn't sign for us, and, and let's save that for another day, if we get to watch the last 10 games of the season of him playing like that, it's going to be an absolute treat and a, a proper palate cleanser from, from our former kind of number 10 creative star there. It's, it's nice to see someone else strutting their stuff in the midfield, but I'll, I'll maybe leave Craig to do a bit more Coutinho and, and talk about Callum Chambers because I know Andy appreciated this too, but you don't expect your kind of third, fourth, fourth choice centre-back to play first, First-time passes on the outside of their right foot, absolutely perfectly weighted. It was incredible, and I'm not sure he could do it again if we threw the ball at him ten times. But it, it just added to what is a proper goal of the month contender, no doubt. And and it's good to see. It's good to see that confidence from a defender, and it's good to see that confidence from the team. And when you've got a player like Philip Coutinho playing like that, I imagine it lifts you. Everyone on the pitch suddenly thinks that they're invincible because you know even if you go a couple of goals down, just ping it back to Philippe and it'll get you back in the game. Well, we've had plenty, plenty of practice of going two goals down in recent weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did get back against Man United, but uh, uh, anyway, um, Coutinho. Um, the, 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 there aren't superlatives. It's really, I think, straightforward with Coutinho. And Gerard said 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 as much in his interview when Gerard described Coutinho as. I quote, a level above the game. Uh, Ollie Watkins in his post-match interview said something similar in that he said, you know, Coutinho is too quick for us. Um, he's thinking things that we we can't think. I'm, I hope this doesn't sound bad. It does sound bad, I, I, but I got to say it because it's the truth in my estimation. Philip Coutinho is just far too good for Aston Villa at this moment in time. He's a better player than Jack Grealish ever wishes he could be. And that's not a disrespect to Grealish. That's just the fact that Philip Coutinho is, is just, it's really hard. It's a, it's a bit emotional because he's just so good that it's almost, it's almost a bit sad that it's come to this, that he's showing out for this kind of mid table, middling, Wonderful for Aston Villa, but it's kind of sad from a narrative standpoint that he's spending his prime years out on loan, an unwanted kind of, um, you know, kind of raggy doll, dolls like you and me, at <laughs> Aston Villa. Now, but how we turn that frown upside down is we have to really get better and get better a lot quickly to keep him, to 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 nurture him, to give him the love that he needs and to surround him with players that can push us towards Europe. Um, because Philip Coutinho should be playing on the very, very highest stage. And I think Philip Coutinho knows that. I think he's probably his management know that. And I think as good as it is, I'm not going to try and fall. I'm going to try not to fall in love with this lone player, even though I already have. Because who knows what will happen in the summer. But I just want to say, welcome, Felipe. I'm so glad that you're here and I will enjoy every minute of you while you are with us because he is, he's, he's one in a million. Yeah, he is. He is. I mean, you, you're getting us all uh, going there, Craig. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, it is, it is, it's, um, it's, it, it is, a, it's a strange feeling, isn't it? And, you know, we've had, um, you know, recent podcasts where we've been very, very critical of the club and 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 the team and Gerard and 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 so on. And you know, we don't want to be like that. I don't want to be like that any week at all. While while he's 
while he's play, he's playing for us because it feels like we should be we we should just be enjoying it really. But I think the reality will come, you know, in the summer, won't it? When when those decisions are made, you know, whether Coutinho, whether he's he's seen enough of um, what Aston Villa want to do, and whether he knows enough about what Aston Villa want to do to say, well, actually. This is something I want, you know. This is where I see my immediate future, and then, you know, he'll 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 sign the deal, and and you know, we have a good chance because of who our manager is, um, and also I suppose whether they, I mean, I can't imagine a world where they're doing the maths, and they're looking at the stats, and they're looking at, you know, the what he brings to the side, and thinking, I don't think we should go for this. You know. no, I, don't, um, I, I don't think that's the consideration anymore I think the consideration is A, does he go for us and B, do Barcelona have someone come in and, and gazump us because they can see okay, in the right environment this guy is still very, very special I mean, he's killed Southampton on his own, that's, really That's where Gerard's playing a smart game here he, after the game when he's talking about Coutinho ended his career and kind of and it, you know he's jokingly doing it and saying that he's the reason he's got pins in his knees and it's it's comments like you can see Gerard's already laying the ground for the transfer trying to put the arm around him make him feel loved and and to Craig's point earlier about the other players not being on the same level as him it, it is like watching someone play chess while the rest of the team are playing hungry hungry hippos it's just <laughs> it's it's a completely different thing but you know whilst we're saying that as a criticism we've all played in those games where you know I'm not a particularly good footballer but you sometimes play people who are well below you and you're strolling around enjoying your game because of it and, and maybe that's what Philippe needs he's, he's been in Barcelona where it's not worked out he's been injured maybe he wants to go somewhere where he's the big fish in the small pond and you know but I mean we're back to building a side around one player again but when the player's this good it, it takes that argument out altogether and even at 200 300 grand a week it, it feels worth the money when he's putting on a show like that I think I think when I was thinking about this earlier with the wages and he would he would be on a huge huge salary um but we have to think about it if you know okay we we, we signed Buendia and we signed Leon Bailey and Ings and all that and that was part of the the whole thing of replacing Grealish wasn't it but they weren't really jack replacements were they but this guy this guy is isn't he he's he's mm-hmm. well we've you know some would say we've upgraded even um, although he's no slightly question. older yeah. easily upgraded yeah so 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 you, you you if whatever I mean they were rumored you know looking at you know 250 grand a week plus to, to keep Jack or if that's the case if that kind of salary is there at the club then give it to this guy you know the the, the issue then is once what you know because we've seen this before haven't we where a lone player signs the permanent and it's never quite the same um, so you have to be careful of that as well he obviously has got you know a huge um, well a couple of you know, real kind of motivators, hasn't he, in terms of his own career, first of all, getting that back on track, which he's doing, but also the World Cup at the end of the year, which he's, he's obviously desperate to be part of, isn't he? So, um, Well, he wants to emulate Alpay Ozilan and be a World Cup <laughs> semi-finalist while playing for Aston Villa, Andy. That's, that's well, what he's trying to do. He's, he's trying to join, the, join the, the Hall of Fame, isn't he, in that respect? But, you know, he's... he's, he's um, 
he's got that there. So, and he might just think, do you know what? I've I can I can achieve my aims for Brazil playing for Villa. He's certainly got the pedigree already, hasn't he? It's just whether he's performing week in week out. He'll be in the side if he's if he's fit and is in form. He'll play for Brazil, you know. And that's gents. Well, he will. He's just he's just that good. Do we do we have an understanding? I'm assuming none of you have seen the actual transfer documents, but has it been released? Is it just a hundred percent watertight? If Villa trigger the option, the deal's done. No ifs, buts, or maybes. Or is there a chance of some skullduggery? Is there a chance someone comes in and gazumps us? Can Barcelona get out the deal and do a deal with, I don't know, a Chelsea or a Tottenham, for example? Because you've got to imagine teams further up the food chain are looking at Coutinho and and, and wanting to have a sniff. Do we do we know the details? Are we or is it hush hush? From what little I I know, which isn't exactly set in stone, is there's that 33 million release, which is just for Villa. I mean, that might be his asking price, it might not be, but as part of the deal we agreed, that's the release. So if we bid that, it has to be accepted. Whether Coutinho accepts, whether someone else comes in after that and he gets a better offer, who knows? But I think Barcelona want to sell. We all know their financial troubles. I think they're desperate to get rid of him. That's why they agreed to fee as part of the loan deal. And we've got the advantage here because he's he's at Villa, he's having a good time, he's getting to know the place, hopefully moving into a nice house and all that stuff. But that no doubt someone else will come in and provide us competition. Let's just hope he has such a good time by the end of the year that, that when we put that thirty three million in, which you'd expect we would now, that he wants to stay on. Yeah. I, as far as as far as I understand, it's it's the option to buy. Is is just that Villa have that option to buy him, um, and and that's agreed. The, the fee and everything is is there. It's agreed. Um, I guess there'll be a deadline for it, which Villa will have to meet. And um, I would I would imagine as well. There's some understanding from Coutinho that if if Villa if Villa do the deal, if Villa meet the the, the, the fee, then he'll then he'll sign, you know, there's, there's, he will know about all that, but whether he, you know, presumably, I mean, footballers always have it weighted in their favour, don't they? To be able to make their own, their own choices and and that sort of thing. So we'll just, I mean, look, we just have to see, but he looks happy. He's obviously playing the best football he's played probably in, in, in three or four years. So, you know why not? And and in terms of the rest of the team, um, it was an interesting analogy with the hungry hippos and the and the chess. I do think the players raise their level. I really do. I think you, when you initially it was Jacob Ramsey, and we were saying how well they dovetailed. Um, he's had a couple of quieter games, but but him and Ings and Watkins were were absolutely on the same page. And I have to say that that pass, whatever Coutinho's done this season for us, the pass by Chambers, that's the that's the pass of the season for me. It's just absolutely outrageous. Um and you're sort of watching that and you're thinking, okay, you know, Konza is a great centre back for us. But he can't do that, can he? Konza's not got that in his locker. <laughs> The one critique you would have of Konza is his his progressive passing isn't there. And that, that I've said before, I think that is what holds him back from England recognition because I think he has everything else. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, if if Chambers, I mean, I, I don't know Chambers that well. As I say, I thought he was a bit bit of a meat and potatoes man. But if he has that in him, if he can, if he can ping passes like that here or there, 
um, then 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 he he could make himself really um, really quite a, a a key cog in our squad moving forward. Let's not forget Chambers, another ex-Southampton man. Maybe he just raised his game and he'll, he'll try that pass again and it will go horribly wrong. But before we leave this goal, and I know we at some point have to leave this goal, even though it was brilliant. <laughs> I, I can't remember who put it out there, but I saw it on Twitter. Um, the last time, it was a Brazilian to a Brazilian, Coutinho assisting Dougie. And the last time that happened was, was Villa again. I think it was Dougie assisting Wesley. So it's kind of nice little bit of symmetry there that last time Brazilian <laughs> assisted a Brazilian. Yeah, excellent. And the little dance afterwards, it was uh, it was great stuff. And I mean, Villa, you know, probably probably felt a little bit, um, I don't know, on the balance of play, being in the ground, it felt almost like we 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 weren't um, all that uh, deserving of the two 0 lead. But when you think back and think the chances we had and 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 so on, we we probably should have been four or five up at, at half time, really. Um, but it's never a safe lead, and particularly um, with the amount of possession, like I said, that, that Southampton were getting. And we all remember the Wolves match. Um, but Villa, <laughs> Villa, sorry about that. But Villa again went off um, like a train, and it wasn't wasn't long before the little magician had his goal. Um, again, broke into the box, and it and it looked like I mean I was shouting for a penalty in the stands, but I don't know whether it was really. Um, it looked like he'd been brought down, but then Ings. Um, with a lovely little layback to uh, to Coutinho, who seemed seemed to be in in, in loads of space in in the penalty area, although he had the this yellow wall in front of him about five or six players, and 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 somehow managed to um, send them all for a cup of coffee before squirming his shot through Forster's legs. Um, it was certainly a scrappy looking goal, but but absolutely packed with quality um, in terms of uh, what Coutinho did. Um, I mean, we've sort of been onto this already, really. But are we witnessing like true greatness here at Villa Park? And 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 how important is it? Um, do you think? I mean, we've kind of covered this, really. But how important do you think it is that we get this 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 deal for him done? I I think it's as I've as I've kind of intimated already. I think it is it is ridiculous how much better Coutinho was than every other footballer on that park the other day um and I think that you know it's like a it's like a butterfly it's like a butterfly farm isn't it it's like these butterflies are wonderful but wouldn't they be much more wonderful out in the wild so <laughs> I I'm Coutinho is the butterfly by the way in a synergy yeah. for anyone you know it, do you want to keep that butterfly caged at in mid-table drudgery at Aston Villa, or do you want it released to go and play with with you know, hopefully not a nation-state club, but someone who's playing nice football and doing beautiful things, and he, where he can win the Champions League again? Um, no, I want to keep that butterfly at Aston Villa. <laughs> time up, time down, and then let's let's build the squad uh, uh, around him and around Brendier as well. I think Brendier you know, has found the place of deputy, which he may not enjoy, but Brendy is a hell of a deputy to have at number 10. That is the kind of thing you need to do in order to be a top club. So let's build around him. Let's let's throw down the gauntlet one more time to our, our magnificent owners. We know that they cannot continue to spend at the levels that they have been spending at. We do know that. But maybe one more big push to surround, surround Coutinho with some players who can push us into um into into Europe next season 
or maybe to give us a, a bash at an FA Cup or, or, or a realistic bash at the Carabao Cup. Why not? And, um, and, and, and let's do it. Keep that butterfly here. Yeah, I, I won't spend too long on it. I, I would say, just a crazy point about the owners, 33 million feels cheap in this day and age for a player of his quality. The only issue would be the injuries and the age. But I don't know, just thinking here, it's an odd analogy, but it, it can, reminds me a little bit of when we got Paul Merson in, who was clearly not at his absolute peak of his powers, but was still far too good for the Villa team he was in and, and transformed that team, created so many chances for some some relatively average players. And, uh, you know, the hope is that someone like Coutinho is, is you know, weapons-grade version of Paul Merson. And so <laughs> bring him in. Who knows what he's going to do to this team? And I think it's a transfer you have to do now. I think this... Everyone was excited when he came in. He could have had an awful six months and would have been looking back on it as, you know, one of those fund kind of pub trivia questions. But, I mean, he's already ingratiated himself to Villa fans. And, you know, I'm sure Andy can speak of this in the whole tent when he's playing that well, kind of his songs rolling out there. I think if this carries on for the rest of the season, the owners don't have a choice but to sign him. Otherwise, they'll have a little bit of a revolt on their hands. Well, I was thinking of it in terms of, you know, if he was to go in, in, or they decided in May, June, you know, that it wasn't going to happen, you know, the, the, the optics of losing, effectively losing Grealish and Coutinho, you know, two of two of the, the most talented players um, Aston Villa have had probably since Paul Merson um, would just be horrendous, wouldn't it? I mean, that's, that's, that's just a, an absolute disaster. If you think of it in those terms, really. So, um, there's only yeah. one thing that would pl- placate the fans in that instance, and that's to tie Trezeguet down to a new six year deal. <laughs> Can you imagine Perslow coming on a televised address telling us he's replacing Coutinho with three players and all of them are Trezeguet? <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, I think they'd be better off playing Swan Lake, but anyway. Well, in, in all seriousness, you know, with the with the nonsense going on at Tottenham, with the turmoil going on at Chelsea, we know that Newcastle are on the march and um, they will be, as as we, some of us may have suggested, they'll be perhaps leapfrogging us sooner than later with the kind of investment they have. Man United are in free fall. Arsenal have picked up a little bit of, as of late. Leicester are having a terrible season after really pushing the Champions League places in recent years. West Ham have started to falter who we play next Sunday. Um, there are slots opening up in that top six. There are going to be spaces up for grabs in the next year or two. The time is now. The time is really now for Aston Villa to, to push on and push forward. We have to... We, we, we have to we have to do that. Yeah, and it does. It does hark back to that. Um, I've, I've likened it to the um, the failed Janino signing um, back um, under John Gregory, where we had a team that was potentially um, challenging for the title, and he would have been the the, the icing on the cake in, in so many ways. And um, they just didn't quite get the deal done. Um, we're not quite at that level where we'd be challenging for the title where we'd be the, the you know that that close but you know it, it's one of those um it's it's got that potential hasn't it to to to, to seem like you know um a game changer in terms of Aston Villa's trajectory which has, has plateaued hasn't it quite considerably in the last in the last 18 months or so so you know I think um I think 
I think it's really, really important that we that, that, that we we get it done. And someone said to me today, if if they don't get the deal done, um, then there needs to be um, maybe one or two heads rolling <laughs> at Villa Park behind the scenes because it's an absolute uh, no brainer. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll we'll move on briefly from 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 Coutinho and um, you know Villa kind of went again and kept the pressure on. Um, and it was the turn of the ex-Southampton striker Danny Ings to add his name to the score sheet, having had a shot saved just moments earlier. Um, he was on hand with a trademark ice-cold finish um, after some excellent wing play and a cross from Matty Cash. It was um, a muted celebration, but he was clearly bursting with with pride at his performance and the goal. Um, it was two assists and a goal for Ings and an all-round um more more effective dis- display. So, I mean, we t- we, again, we touched on this earlier, but um, could this be the performance that really kind of really kind of springboards him now, um, where we start to see um, him prove his worth and 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 repay some of that transfer fee? It, it has to be because this isn't a, a twenty three year old that's got a, a good injury record and and has ten years ahead of him. This is someone who. Although he is only 29, he feels like an old 29 uh, through no fault of his own just because he's had so many difficult, well-documented long-term injury problems. And even uh, Aston Villa, he's had a creak here and a creak there and you are always a little bit worried about his vulnerability. You, you yourself, uh, uh, gentlemen, have, have stated about he he was played through by Coutinho, stumbled and then you know he's hobbling around. He always feels a little bit delicate. So this isn't a player that I feel is going to be, you know, operating at a top at the top level deep into his 30s. I think it really is now or, now or never for, for Danny Ings. Um, he has to take the opportunity in the last uh, few games of the season, final third of the season now, to stake his claim to be part of Aston Villa's future. What we've seen up until the Southampton game was not good enough. I'm sure even uh, Danny Ings himself would acknowledge that. What we saw at Southampton was the player that we thought we were getting. And that's the player that we need to see for the rest of the season. And I think if he can do that, and if if he can demonstrate his quality, I think, yeah, give him another year. If we're getting the 20 goal a season striker that we thought we were getting, who's who's dangerous and cunning and, and, and just an elite finisher. Yeah, of course, that's a person we want around for our European push next season because he's going to be a, a, an absolute the key cog to the machine. If we see the man that we played against Southampton, if we see the joker that's rocking up with 15 touches, 17 touches in games, uh, who isn't, who's an absolute passenger, then no, I think you move that guy along. So it's really down to Danny Ings now. He, he Time is not on his side. It really is make or break. It's now or never for me. Yeah, I, I agree with Craig. He doesn't have the luxury of time. And I've been critical of him, but I would I would defend him here. Is I think the Southampton game was the first time we saw a team kind of tailored towards him a little bit more. And it's a criticism that we made of Dean Smith. And I think one we can make of Gerrard in his early early games is 
we didn't play to Danny Ings' strength. We were trying to play him like a like Ollie Watkins, like someone who can can run him behind and kind of stretch games. And that's just not him. He's more of a link man. And and I think the the switch to this this kind of diamond midfield in the two up front has really really brought the best out of him. And and you know the three five poo didn't do that because we didn't have someone of Coutinho's ilk kind of supplying them both. But I think in Danny Ings' defence, which is weird for me to say, because I've been very critical of him we have not played to his strengths as a team and I think now we're seeing the benefits of playing to his strengths so I hope it's the springboard because he's not had the best ride and and we've not helped him with that so um yeah I mean if he has a great run until the end of the season it's it's good news for Aston Villa because it it keeps his value up if we decide to sell him but also means we can go into next season hopefully with a fully firing front two yeah, I'm quite pleased because I've I've pretty much kept my powder dry on Danny Ings all season. <laughs> so um, I, I'm hoping that I'm 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 proved that uh, just having that little bit of patience um, with him. But it, I mean, you're absolutely. I mean, y- y- you do expect. And when we signed him, um, I think I said on here he's he's, he's an absolute sure thing, um, and it hasn't proved out to be like that, has it? Um, and in fact. You know, when even even we look in with our, within our own ranks, and you see Davis and 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 particularly Cameron Archer um, doing great things on their loans in the in the championship, you sort of think, well, he has got to prove it. He's got to prove now that he's he's at least better than those two, hasn't he? Otherwise, he's going to be out on loan next season. I very much doubt we'd get a transfer fee for him at the moment. Um, anything like that that we'd want for him, so that would be the situation. He'd be he'd be out on loan um, somewhere, um, probably in the bottom bottom reaches of the Premier League. So um, he's got a you know this is his opportunity um, to to you know to play. I was thinking like when he scored in front of the whole ten the other day, I thought you know he's scored in front of the cop, you know, but he wasn't he was never really a first choice at Liverpool. And other than that, he's played for Burnley and Southampton, who are top Premier League clubs, but they haven't got a, a halt end, have they? They haven't got, um, you know, the, the the stature of the club that Aston Villa is at, and this is this is probably his last chance, um, you know, to to really be, um, you know, a top striker at a at a, at a massive club. So um, he's he's got to do it, he, and he hasn't got long. He hasn't got long, has he? To 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 show it really. Um, but I just wanted to ask you about um, just a, a quick word for Matt, Matt Cash as well, because it was another assist for Matt Cash um, on on Saturday. Um, he's, he's, he scored at Brighton um, last week. I think he got a, he got an assist um, against Leeds as well. Um, you know, but uh, how, how are we thinking that he's, he's coming along in terms of his final third product? Well, you can only say that it's improved exponentially. I think I saw a tweet from Ashley Priest today. I don't have it in front of me, but basically saying up until January the, the something, uh, Matt Cash only had one goal contribution. Now he's had something like three goal contributions in the last four games, something like that. So it's improved exponentially. And I think the re- I think the main reason it's improved is because they've told him he's not allowed to cross the ball anymore. Bear <laughs> 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 with me. <laughs> watching it. Because his crosses, he seemed to just be hitting the, the ball as hard as he could and it would fly out the other side or fly over the heads. And, you know, it was like he was trying to hit the seagulls above Villa, Villa Park with some of these crosses. What 
seems to be a deliberate tactic. And I'm sure, you know, opposite, opposition managers who are tuning in to listen for, t- t- for tips will, will cut on to this. They seem to have banned, ba- they seem to have completely banned him from crossing the ball because he can't. What they've instead seemed to have started to ask him to do, which was he did twice, one for the Ings goal and one for a McGinn uh, opportunity, which fell to Coutinho and Coutinho hit it mildly wide. Is what he's doing, he's hitting low cutbacks. He's getting to the byline rather than trying to find a man, he's playing it to an area. He's moved he's playing cutbacks towards the penalty spot. And then it seems to be the the the, the job of a Danny Ings or a, a John McGinn to arrive on the end of that. And that's what I think that's how they've 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 done it. I think they've told him stop crossing and and it's work to treat. Yeah, he's he made an underlapping run as well for that that final one, which you don't see that often. And and yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense because why are we pinging crosses into the box given the height of our strikers, neither of which is particularly a giant? Those kind of cutbacks, those Man City style cutbacks, make a lot of sense. Um, just to have a little sidebar, if I can, just because I thought of it, uh, Andy. You mentioned in Davis Cameron Archer. I think they're beneficiaries as well of the um, of the change in formation because I, I didn't see where they fit in in Aston Villa before, but now we've got two strikers playing. It suddenly gives us an opportunity to give those guys minutes if they come back next year wanting it. And you, you imagine you're going to want four strikers for those spaces, and and maybe if you've got Archer and Davis in them, then we'll let Cash start crossing again because there'll finally be something to aim at. I was well, I don't know. It's all gone. <laughs> I always think though, like with 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 any cross, it's only as good as the the person on the end of it, isn't it? And you know, not when it hits the seagulls, Andy. <laughs> 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 Unless you've got the jolly green giant in there, he's <laughs> struggling. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll take that back. But you know, he's he's certainly. I mean, his his all round performance uh, on Saturday. I thought. I thought aside from. Um, Aside from Coutinho, I think I thought he just shaded it. Um, we have this <laughs> conversation as we walk out the ground. Everyone does it, don't they? Who was your man of the match? And you know, it's a bit like when when Grealish was there. You know, it'd be well, it, yeah, it was it was Grealish. But aside from that, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, because Grealish was always the best player, and it's the same with Coutinho. It's like who, apart from Coutinho, who was your man of the match? And it, it was for me, it was Matty Cash. Um, the the other day I thought he was excellent all, all throughout the game down that side um, closely followed by 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 Ings and Watkins I'd say um, ex- some excellent performances um, yeah but I mean another clean sheet and as we've said before on so many occasions clean sheets are the recipe for success not only on the football pitch Craig but but also in 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 other areas of the house, whichever room you like to use for such activities. Well, I think you like to spread the activities around to <laughs> most of the general spaces. I would have thought you don't want to confine your lovemaking to one particular space. I mean, I'm speaking for myself. I don't know, you know, what other people do. I don't care what other people do. Uh, we had a Villa striker who used to go and do these kind of things out in public. I mean, that's not my kind of thing. Um, but but each to their own, you know. What consenting adults do with each other, have at it. I am a live and let live kind of guy. So whether you're in the kitchen, whether you're at the window, that might be inappropriate as well. Uh, whether you're in the basement, whether you're in the attic, or whether you're in the bedroom, whether you're in the bathroom, maybe you're in the shower. Wherever you are in your home or in the home of your lover, 
it doesn't matter because you take you with you. You see what I'm saying? You take you with you. So if you have a bushy, smelly pubic area, then it is bushy and smelly, whether you're in the bathroom, the bedroom, the dining room, the landing, the attic, it doesn't matter. It's still going to stink. It's still going to be bushy and sprouty and un, un, unsightly. So what you need to do, whatever you choose to make your love happen, make sure that you take with you smooth, clean-shaven balls. Your balls should be so smooth that you should be able to rub them like you rub a chicken egg. <laughs> <laughs> it should be seamless, seamlessly smooth. And you can achieve the feeling, if not the aesthetics of a chicken egg with manscape.com because they have ceramic blades not steel not metal ceramic so as to protect your crotchal area gentlemen the balls have excess skin this is to allow them to hang from the body and remain cool because semen is produced best in a cool environment a side effect of this kind of biological development is crinkly, hairy balls. Now, you can't necessarily make your balls less crinkly because it is a design function. But what you can do is make them less hairy with Manscaped.com. And you can do so by visiting www.manscaped.com and getting 20% off and free worldwide shipping with our promo code LAMP, L-A-M-P. That's our promo code LAMP, L-A-M-P. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, if, if, if any, if any um, educational facilities are listening and they need a new science teacher, I mean, you know, surely, surely you look no further. You look no further than... Come to the Villa Chat, stay for the biology lesson, isn't it? That was, yeah. that was that was a throwback. That was that was very educational indeed. Um, I have actually delivered uh, sex education in in certain certain scenarios, but um, not normally with a focus on 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 uh, pubic hair. <laughs> well, you, look, you, you you're made for it, Craig. So so keep up the good work. Um, <laughs> but back to the villa. Um, it was Villa's second clean sheet on the bounce. And even with uh, Konza and Dina missing um, for this one, um, having previously uh, seen the endless endless stream of entries into our goal giveaway club, it seems that the back line have tightened up and, and are provi- providing the basis for the attacking players to do their thing. Gerard often says how important the defence is, but how important is has this, um, this diamond midfield shape uh, been to our defensive solidity so far, do you think? It's huge. It, it, in a basic way, it just simplifies everyone's jobs. I mean, when, when Andy and I were on, when, when Craig had a week off, we were talking about how Gerard wanted Villa to be this almost liquid thing that would move and mould depending on the situation. And the thing with a diamond midfield is it's rigid, it's simple. You've got a defensive destroyer, you've got an attacking creator and just two shuttlers that go in between. So everyone knows what their job is. Everyone knows where they need to be on the pitch. And it makes so much sense with the calibre of players we've got. And I think you're seeing it across the pitch. The strikers are playing better. Matty Cash is playing better. Dougie had possibly his best game in the Villa shirt. He was superb here in every every aspect of the game. 
And I think everyone just knows a lot more what their job is with that diamond in field. It's it's a lot more structured. It's not as fluid as Gerard might like us to play, but but given the caliber of hungry hippo players we've got, that's what we've got to do with our team. The one thing I will say with it is we. I feel like we maybe kept a clean sheet here more out of luck than judgment. I think Southampton rattled us a couple of times, and and they did it when when they overloaded our, our wide areas, which is obviously where this formation's weak. And, and I worry against better teams with better fullbacks that will we'll maybe come unstuck. But, but for the moment, it's working an absolute treat, mainly because we're finally putting square pegs in square holes. It's, it makes a lot of sense. People know what they need to do, and we're getting the best out of them as a result of it. Yeah, we, we, we all know by this point that I think that um, clean sheets are sexy. And I think that they are important. I think that clean sheets are how you... I think they're a ladder. They are a ladder. I've, I've been watching Game of Thrones and um, and Littlefinger says chaos is a ladder. I understand that Daniel Betridge has some, <laughs> some writing on Game of Thrones. So you should check that out. Um, but uh, clean sheets are a ladder. They are the ladder that are going to take Aston Villa to the next level while we get the elite players that we need, as we discussed earlier, to supplement and augment Philippe Coutinho, our butterfly who we are trapping with our goldfish marvellous. <laughs> <laughs> Other players will find their animal, animal partners as we move forward, I'm sure. Um, we need to do that because... We cannot always score four goals we, as we did against Southampton. We cannot always score two goals as we did against Brighton. The most wonderful thing or one of the most wonderful aspects of these last two wins is although we scored six goals, we could have still gotten six points with two goals, one in each of the games. So if we can carry that forward into the, the next realm of our development, that is going to help us climb that ladder up to where we want to be, which is the Europa League places probably as a next step and ultimately the Champions League places, which is where these ambitious owners do want to be. Uh, defensive solidity is how West Ham turned from relegation fodder to top four pretenders. It's how it's why Leicester, Leicester's poor defensive record is why they've gone from top four contenders to joining us in the mid-table. And it's also how the likes of, um, you know, uh, Pochettino's Tottenham team made themselves competitive. Mourinho's Chelsea team, you know, all the very best team, even Pep's team, who are so celebrated for their attacking prowess. They do not concede a lot of goals, all things being equal. So that's how one of the ways we're going to be able to get get ourselves forward. And that's the way we get to make the most of the, the wonderful gifts of our butterfly, Felipe. Yeah, I I really like the diamond. I remember I remember enjoying it when um, when we played it with Tim Sherwood, um, and we had um, obviously Westwood as the as the uh, the pivot, and then and 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 cleverly and Delph as the the two sort of wide midfielders who got through incredible amounts of work um, off the ball. Um, that you really have to have runners on those sides um, at the midfield, don't you, to, to cover those spaces and. Um, I remember really, just really, really enjoying it um, because we could then. I think Grealish at the time came in as the as a number ten, and then we 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 switched between. Um, obviously, we had Benteke, and then we switched between Gabby and and Zogbia for the other the other one. And it was it just worked really well. And I think I think um, it doesn't always suit. It depends on the players you've got, and we have uh, you know also got a, an awful lot of um, kind of 
or not an awful lot, but certainly a few sort of wide wide attacking players, haven't we? Traore and Bailey and people like that. But I think those guys can also play in those um, those those two striker positions. Ings and Watkins were, were quite were more spread out than I've I've seen them previously. They were they were kind of covering the the the, the width of the field between them and. Um, I think uh, there was one point when I said Ings um, looked like he, he might have to go off injured. I was thinking we get Bailey on because his pace um, against their high line could have been really, really fruitful. And I think it does offer the, the, the option of of using players. And like you say, the, the guys that are out on loan also, but the, the players we've got in the squad, of, of, you know, using those players in different scenarios when, when we need something a, a little bit different from the front line. So um, I, th- I just think it's a, you know, it, it is quite a flexible system in, in some ways, but it does rely on, well, the three midfielders really getting through an awful lot of an awful lot of running, um, but at least it's not just the one midfielder as it has as it was previously, having to cover, you know, a multitude of of, of positions really. So, um, yeah, I, I I really like it. I'm sure it'll change at some point because someone will figure it out and we'll get a pasting and, and it'll get changed. But you know, it's um it's working well at the moment, and I, I you know I have to say I really I really like it. Um, but now, of course, we have we have two tricky away games, starting with uh, with Leeds United on Thursday evening, who have, of course, recently dispensed with Marcelo Bielsa um, and recruited American coach Jesse Marsh um, as his successor. Leeds are clearly in trouble, um, struggling defensively, and have been missing the firepower of Bamford up front. Um, there are suggestions that he may be back, and there was there was some talk that Phillips, um, Calvin Phillips, might return for this game as well. But they think he might be back now for the the weekend match instead. Um, you know, and, and 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 they desperately obviously need to sl- s- uh, stop their slide towards the bottom three. Uh, following that, we head to East London to play West Ham, who are still harboring harboring hopes of a, a top four finish. And are having another excellent season generally. Um, this game is is sandwiched between their two Europa League legs against Sevilla, so that could prove in in Villa's favour, um, depending on uh, what Moyes decides to prioritise. Um, it's hard to preview the match after the next match, really. But but what are your your expectations here for these two? And are we likely to see some rotation for these games, being that they're so close together? Um, I would. I've. I've been. I've been eager for Jacob Ramsey to have a little bit of a rest for a few weeks now. Um, not because he's playing badly. I think he has been quieter, but I think he's been playing really nicely. Just because, again, he's twenty, bones are growing, all those kind of things, and just physically and emotionally having a, a, a breather here or there may be beneficial. Also, as we move towards safety it is going to be important for Gerard to get an idea of what he has. Does he have a viable option in Danny Ings? Does he have a viable option in Morgan Sasson? Does he have a viable option even in, in Leon the Biscuit Bailey? Um, so I think there should be some rotation for, for those reasons. Um, and also just to to use the squad. I mean, it's the first time in how long that we've had a really competitive squad at this level. And it would be nice to see some see some rotation here or there. 
having said that, I don't think there will be any. I think that uh, Steven Gerrard will probably stick stick to his guns and it will be the same again. Uh, COVID, Dinia and uh, Konza, you know, are pending. But it's, it's, it's a good opportunity for us to see where we're at. Leeds is going to be a different game to the one we just played a few weeks ago. That still sticks in my craw a little bit that we managed to use lose a two goal lead at home to such a such a terrible Marco Bielsa, uh, Marcelo Bielsa uh, outfit by the end there. West Ham will be a, a different, a difficult, a difficult uh, fixture, but a good read on 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 where we are as a team. So interesting to see what Gerard does. I would make some changes here or there. Um, I'm not sure he will though. What what, what do you think? I wouldn't. I wouldn't make changes against Leeds. I think we're we're running into Leeds at a good time. Jesse Marsh is, is no mug. He's a good manager, but but Leeds were Bielsa and, and vice versa. Those players are only where they are because of Bielsa, and it's going to be a long and hard adjustment for them. And I think we're we're maybe hitting them at the right time. So so I wouldn't make changes for that one, namely because you don't change a win, winning team. I know Andy likes to make changes. I'm I'm very much a keeper winning team against West Ham. I would though. I think West. West Ham are a really difficult fixture for Villa. They're they're very physical. They're very tall. Uh, I sound like David Pleats on this, but anyway, they're <laughs> physical. They're tall, and that matches up really well against Villa, who who aren't the most physical sides, aren't the the largest side either. And I think that that, that West Ham match up really well against us, and have had our number for for a little while now. So so I'd be tempted to take Ramsey out and and maybe kind of bolster the midfield there and. And kind of, you know, look to get a bit more size in the team, maybe, or even just a bit more physicality in the team. But in theory, we shouldn't need rotation. I mean, we got out of both cups relatively early. We don't have much in a way of European fixtures. We've had a few weeks off here and there. So I'd like to see a winning team just keep running it and, and keep putting them out there, find what our best 11 is and stick to it. Yeah, I tend to think that as well. I think I think the best at this stage of the season, the best fitness for players the players can have is to play, isn't it? And I, I think that, um, you know, obviously you, at times you have to make changes um, and they, they had to the other day and that's when you use your squad, isn't it? And you, you use the your bench options and that sort of thing. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm more than happy for the same team to start. Um, I think um, I think either way, I think Chambers now will start ahead of Konza. Um Obviously, Ashley Young would will, will, will drop out if um, if, if Dania's uh, ready. But of course, as well, we don't know if it, I mean, I'm not sure if it was COVID or, or, or not, but there could be other COVID cases, of course, you know, as we come towards Leeds. So, you know, it's a, it's a bit of a nightmare again from, the, from that perspective. Once you get one or two, um, they're a bit like ants, aren't they? These COVID, COVID cases, <laughs> there's always more around the corner. So, um, you know, we'll 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 have to see um, what sort of shape we're in um, on Thursday and and Sunday. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 more than happy to keep keep going with the the, the system and 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 continue to to try and get um, you know get Ings and Watkins firing as a partnership and and with Coutinho behind, I think it works. The, well, the signs are that that it's working really well. Um, and uh, yeah, more than happy to, to 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 keep going. And these are two games. I have a I have an, a, a bit of a dislike for for Leeds generally, uh, so I always <laughs> like to beat them. Um, and and of course West Ham. I've got a very very good friend from from school who um, 
who's a, who's a big West Ham fan, so it's always been a little bit of a, a little bit of friendly needle um, in it. So it's always nice to to win and losing four one to them earlier in the season wasn't wasn't the best. Um, so I'd like I'd like the bragging rights uh, for the rest of the season on that one. But they've had a, a wonderful season again, and they're so good. And and Moyes has proved everyone wrong, which uh, which I always find quite quite amusing in those circumstances. So. Um, but let's go for it. Two predictions from each of you. Um, starting with who's going first. Craig, you went last last week, so you can go first this week. I did. Uh, Leeds nil, Aston Villa two, West Ham one, Aston Villa one. Oh, positive. Ooh. Love it. I think we'll turn over Leeds too. I was going to say 2 0, but I'll say 1 0. I think it'll be, be Titan against Southampton. Uh, I hate predicting a Villa defeat, but I think we lose to West Ham. I think it's a scrappy 1-0 Thomas Suset from a corner, something like that. It's going to be a horrible game and a horrible goal to lose by. It's got got the feeling of one of those kind of gritty matches that we end disappointed on. Okay, I'm going to go 3-1 against Leeds. Uh, Comfortable there and 2-2 at the London Stadium. I think, uh, yeah, I think think we'll... um, We'll match them up and we'll, we'll we'll give them a good go. And I think I think the fact that they are they will be in the middle of a um, a Europa League tie would will will you know work in our favour to some degree. I think particularly if they are still you know well in the tie after the first the first leg. Um, but thanks thanks guys for joining me again. Um, great great to go through that uh, a, a lovely sort of 4-0 win and uh, have nothing but positive things to say um, for, a, for a change <laughs> recently um, and thanks to everyone for listening um, enjoy the uh, the away days if you are going on those um, and of course if you want your Manscaped products head over to manscaped.com um, for 20% off and free shipping with the code LAMP and uh, have a look at the website under a gaslitlamp.com for the, all the coverage on the first team, the academy, and of course the Villa women. Um, and give us a give us a follow on the socials. But other than that, we'll be back next week to to look back over the, these two games um, and uh, I think look ahead to Arsenal. Um, so join us then. Stay safe and up the Villa. <laughs>